Welcome to the Kula Podcast. I'm Stephanie Zira, Chief of Everything at Kula, and in this podcast series, I will speak with inspiring, passionate, and skilled Kulas about thriving in your work, business, and personal life. Kula is the network community that inspires you to live and give your full potential. By connecting people with shared values and different perspectives, including entrepreneurs, corporate professionals, creatives and freelancers, we aim to connect worlds. Want to become part of the community or become a partner? Feel free to reach out anytime. Contact me at stephanie at kulasociety.com or go to the website kulasociety.com to find out more. Every two or three years, I like to step outside my comfort zone. So first quitting my job, becoming a freelancer now, uh, well, making my first steps as an entrepreneur. Welcome, Aaron, to the Kula Podcast. Thanks nice for having to me. have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I will give you a brief introduction and then the floor is all yours. Um, so Aaron is a freelance PR man. Uh, most startups he worked for, uh, you probably know. And before that, he worked agency side, started PressCloud with, with some friends to make uh, PR accessible. And he writes creatively prose and poetry and uh, publishes a thing or two, and he is also joining Poetry Slams. Uh, I also heard that you are not a podcast virgin anymore. <laughs> You're a well-known guest in many podcasts. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, I actually uh, hosted a podcast my, myself with some friends on books. Uh, it's called Volgens het Boekje. Ah, and nice. we used to interview... Experts, not so yeah. much. Uh, people you people that are famous, but really experts on a certain field. And we would uh, talk about three books that they selected. And it could be about either cycling or drugs or speaking in public. Uh, everything a millennials uh, will, well, is interested in. So nice. To say. Yeah. nice. That's interesting. So I started my career as a journalist at the Post Online. Uh, a Dutch blog that used to be really nice. Uh, then I well, switched to what people tend to call the dark side, uh, PR. Worked for some, several PR agencies. Um, started as a freelancer three years ago. And well, I found out that a lot of companies profit uh, from a create a PR campaign. However, PR is really uh, not so accessible for uh, most companies. Uh, either they don't know how to do PR on their own or they can't afford a PR agency. So, well, by launching PressCloud, we hope to make PR accessible for everyone. Uh, and we actually pivoted to a freemium model uh, last week, uh, which is kind of well, a big f- thing for us. And therefore, we really yeah, wow. live up to our claim to well, make PR for everyone, basically. That's yeah. amazing. That's really cool. Well, we spoke about this earlier, but you shared basically that you didn't always want to become an entrepreneur, but it just sort of happened because you saw this opportunity and then decided, I'm the man to do it. I, I need to change this. Is yeah. that true? Is this rumor true? Yeah, that is true. I can't deny that. So um, I joined forces with uh, the marketing geniuses of uh, Pockies, the underwear brands uh, with pockets. Uh, and well, despite this being an innovation that is clearly uh, brilliant on its own, uh, the product leans heavily on uh, marketing uh, and PR. 
so we worked together for some PR campaigns already. Uh, and they were frustrated with, with uh, the PR uh, software uh, that uh, is available uh, at that moment. And I was frustrated with well, the lack of knowledge uh, about PR in the market. Uh, so basically combining software and content. Uh, well, I thought that that's the way we can really make this market more accessible. Every two or three years, I like to step outside my comfort zone. So first quitting my job, becoming a freelancer now, uh, well, making my first steps as an entrepreneur. And I think it's really Been refreshing. Been there, done that, and then... <laughs> but you're still uh, freelancing, are you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, still, I like to keep uh, up with, well, the, the field of PR. So um, I still do PR campaigns uh, for startups and scale-ups and SMEs. Um, sometimes actually still some corporate PR um, and well that really keeps keeps me uh, uh, in touch with the field and what is what is PR actually and how do you practice uh, this field uh, and then at the same time we're trying to make it more accessible uh, with press cloud yeah. and um, obviously everyone knows what PR is but it can also be quite a broad term so do you have maybe some like tangible uh, examples of something that you've done or maybe recently or l longer ago but yeah sure so um, I will describe PR as becoming uh, trustworthy by scoring attention in independent news media uh, you do that by well, making relevant content and pitching it uh, with journalists so a case that I can talk about is maybe the launch of Shippel. Shippel was uh, named Startup of the Year last year by Sprout. Um, they are listed as one of the hottest, one hottest, hottest, the one, they're listed of one of the hundred hottest startups <laughs> in Europe. Wow, that's a really, tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Um, and so, but their business actually is, a, is quite hard to make newsworthy. So uh, they offer a solution that is quite comparable with Google Flights, uh, only in the sea freight market. So if you import goods or export them overseas, uh, you end up with a lot of paperwork and it's really, well, like it's 1964 or something. And they want to make it a 2020 business. So they launched a digital solution. However, talking about sea freight and well, digital innovation, that's hardly something that a national newspaper will uh, pick up. So we talked about, well, what is the problem you're solving? Um, so Dutch SMEs, they uh, suffer from hidden costs and a not so transparent process. And um, well, even if you, if you think about these problems for quite some time, you end up to the conclusion that this may even hinder uh, trade and therefore the Dutch economy. So therefore, Shippel is super relevant. And uh, by talking about those problems, we... Uh, managed to uh, generate attention in media like B Business News Radio, uh, the Dutch Financial Times, the Telegraph, uh, Sprouts, and many other media. Um, mm. And I think that's that's like one of the first takeaways uh, on a great PR campaign is sell me the problem. Uh, yeah. in, in Dutch, I always say like it's uh, Morten Brandt verkoopt de krant. Like er, <laughs> there's no such thing as news. Good news is it news at all? Um, so yeah, by focusing on the problem, the story becomes uh, urgent and therefore the solution becomes relevant, I guess. And uh, yeah, that's the, the first lesson on PR, I guess. Amazing. And um, uh, well, maybe we dive 
into that later because you've already done a session for Kula on PR. Um, but um, first, I think it's nice to get to know you a little bit better. And then later in the podcast, we'll, we'll get back to uh, some more PR hacks. Um, so apart from getting to know what you do, um, I think it's always nice to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so I will start with a few questions. So one thing, um, like what has been most fun uh, uh, in your week last week? Yeah, so uh, we pivoted to a freemium model with PressCloud. So we offer a free solution uh, for our new subscriptioners. Um, and we rely heavily on well automating every process. So we um, are setting up an email campaign. And uh, because we're a challenger brand, we try to make the content uh, more light and more fun and not so heavy to digest. And uh, it was really fun to, so most of the content I usually write is really B2B and really heavy and really informative and it's so nice to finally make content that's more fun mm -hmm. and uh, so one of our first emails was uh, so we uh, we want to enable you to use PR without the need of a PR agency so you can finally visit Cinque Terra in Italy or buy a decent couch and enjoy the quarantine even better like it's so much more fun to finally uh, yeah, take a new tone of voice and it really suits us I guess Nice. So would you say that um, the company really reflects the owners or the founders? I guess so. But also because we try to show PR isn't really that difficult. Uh, it's it's nice to not be preaching all the time, but be more uh, on the same level, I guess. Yeah. And I guess, um, well, what I hear from it now, it's almost like a thing, like a practice what you preach. If you can PR... Uh, press cloud very well uh, then that also shows that it is easier <laughs> and it's better and yeah 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 i guess so yeah so actually we had a, a pretty good launch and uh in early june i guess and um yeah that's that's really like the proof of, of the pudding like uh and that, that's practicing what you preach and i think that's that's really uh really boosted our our uh our growth and it's also nice to finally experience PR yourself. I did so many PR campaigns for other companies and never really saw the effects. And of course, uh, they once in a time showed some peaks in uh, website visitors, but well, finally experiencing it yourself and uh, talking to customers that say, well, I saw you in Emerge or Marketing Tribune. And it's so nice to finally, uh, well, I actually noticed that it, it, PR does work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. and and. Um Do you think there is another company or a startup or like beer company that has PR so high in their priorities list? Another company that does that? Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I guess there are a lot of companies that, you know, are really relying a lot on, on PR and, well, PR itself, it's, it's, uh, because it's such an efficient way of, of getting your brand out there and especially for B2B brands I would say um, of course if you're looking for let's say an attractive holiday destination or so you will rely on advertisements right uh, however if you're making you know if you're in a uh, more 
a decision-making process that's more professional, I would rely on content that's uh, reliable. So I will always use content that's coming from a source that I trust. And well, th- despite the whole buzz about fake news, uh, we still trust independent news media a lot more than social media. Um, so yeah, I guess a lot of B2B brands came to recognize that they uh, profit from uh, PR. Mm. Yeah. And um, well, maybe going going back to Press Cloud again, but like, how does it look for people to use it? Like, what what's the benefit? Yeah, so we kind of so in the new upset, and I guess uh, in the new setup, and I guess when this comes out, that will be reality. Um, you can register for free uh, at Press Cloud, uh, and you will receive. Uh, a lot of content on well, what is PR, how does PR work, how do you write a press release, and you're able to send out a press release to journalists. Uh, you can see if they open the press release, if it's published actually in their channels. Um, and well, if you're not feeling like writing a press release on your own, uh, you're able to reach out to freelancers that will support you or will take care of that. Um, so. Uh, besides that, we also offer an online newsroom where you can publish all your uh, video and photo content so journalists don't have to well, hassle with all the retransfer links. Um, and I think that's the most complete solution there is in the market. Um, and I think that's that's one of the new things we, we launched is uh, you're already able to send out a press release to 10 journalists for free just to get a feel of it and to well, experience PR a little bit. Uh, because well it's not like uh, advertising you're not really sure if you're going to get published and uh, so it's it's a tough sell uh, to be frank uh, but it's, it's I think it's the the most challenging and most beautiful sort of uh, promotion or marketing there is because it's really challenging to make well relevant content to make it newsworthy and everyone can write a, a Trump like message like we're the best we really are the best this is the best country uh, but well, it's so much more challenging to well really add value to the new to a media or to a certain target audience. So yeah, I was. Uh, I I really see that uh, you become all like light up and like passionate about it when you speak about PR. Uh, okay. But I always love that when people are like super passionate about what they do. Uh, but how how did how did this start? Like why why were you suddenly like okay I think I like PR or like. Yeah, I think the moment was so uh, when I was a journalist at the Post Online, we tend to focus a lot about uh, a lot of negative stories. So uh, one of my colleagues used to paraphrase uh, W.F. Hermans, who said, either you're writing or you have friends, which is kind of harsh, <laughs> but it's, it's really the mentality of most journalists. So you can't be friends with everyone if you're writing stories as a journalist. Um, and I, I figured out, uh, I did this article about uh, this guy who was in the media talking about being bullied at school. And I called his school that he attended, like, is this true? Could this actually be true? Because this really sounds pretty harsh. And then, well, it figured it, it came out that he made a lot of those stories up and he lost his uh, spot at the public stage. And that was kind of, that really had impact. Uh, so then I became aware of all the power of media um, and I got frustrated with journalists really, not, not all of them, but a lot of media is about 
finding out a problem or uh, talking about something that is wrong with the world. And I think that's great. Media have to do that because otherwise uh, governments will be corrupt, etc. So that's their function. Uh, but I well, would like to help people to achieve their goals. And it's so much more to inspire, inspiring to work with people that really have an ambition or a dream. And uh, well, if you are able to generate positive stories about your brand, well, people will actually trust you and find you. And well, that's so much more yeah, the impact that I would like to have than well, uh, the negative stories. So that's, that really became the, the, well, the turning point, I guess, in my career. Yeah. Yeah. And the writing then, like how did that, like were you as a kid, were you always writing and because you do it creatively outside of work and, and you do it as a profession and I guess that started maybe at a younger age or? Yeah, I was that weird kid at high school with poetry books uh, and I wrote a lot. Um, I actually won Kunstbender, like a talent uh, competition for kids, um, did some uh, shows, it's, it's bigger stages when I was 18 or so. Well, then I went to university and forgot about writing at all and picked up again when I moved to Amsterdam about six, seven years ago. Um, so the thing I, I like most are poetry slams and it's like a competitive form of uh, poetry where people actually are battling. Uh, it's like it's the most nerdiest sport there is of course because is it a sport yeah you could consider it sport because someone's winning and yeah. it really takes some like is chess a sport I guess so right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's really a niche and I, I wouldn't say that the community is like a thousand people or two thousand people I think it's as big as well, bird keeping maybe I don't know um, but well, it's I really that's massive is bird it? keeping yeah is it? Yeah. Is I it massive? It's, well, okay. that's just a guess. <laughs> okay. Well, it might be outside my bubble, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but poetry slam. So then, so you battle, and then you, like then one person says a sentence, and the other one says a sentence, or is it like you can have like a full poem, and then the other one has a full poem too? And uh, do you need to respond to it? Yeah. Sorry, well, that's a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, usually goes like this. Uh, there's this first round where eight or ten people perform they, they have like three four five minutes for their show uh, then the jury gives some voting advice then the audience uh, votes and then well whoever gets the most votes goes to the second round then there's the same concept and then in the final the third round people are actually battling poem after poem so that really feels like battle rap actually uh, but then, well, it's the most, uh, it's more a poetic version, so. But you need to prepare all of it. Or yeah, can well, you freestyle? Mm, if you're really good, you, could, you can freestyle. Do you? <laughs> nah, I don't. <laughs> so, but the, the cool thing is people learn those poems by heart and they don't need oh, a paper wow. on, on stage. So it's really, it feels so authentic. And um, because you're dependent on the photos from the public, you have to be interactive and it's, uh, so sometimes it's actually funny. Sometimes it's, it's someone's actually walking through the to the audience, and uh, it's so it's super diverse it's, and um, really dynamic. And uh, yeah, that's, that's something that uh, yeah, I also really enjoy to do. And yeah. is there a certain topic that you write or speak about in poems, or? Yeah, I, I'm trying to find like this new niche, and I want to focus more on how we interact with technology. 
So um, uh, there's this one poem about what would the uh, page we would be on a Wikipedia, Wikipedia. So if you're finding someone new in a romantic context, how would the page we look like at Wikipedia? So that that will be uh, that's that's a way of well, looking at the world, I guess. And yeah. Okay, uh, that's yeah. nice. Well, I'm curious. I'm, I would love to join sometime if you do a session. Of course, yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah. Oh. Uh, is it uh, where is it? Uh, there are tons of uh, podia in Amsterdam. So yeah. there's Bar La- Labyrinth at uh, Vondelpark. Okay. On Monday night, there's an open mic and uh, Bar Bukowski in Oost. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, great <laughs> rider. And um, yeah, tons of other competitions. Festina Lente in the Jordaan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. let's look that up. Um, then I am actually quite curious. Um, what if you could give this chapter in your life a title? What would it be called? Mm, yeah, I think change is really permanent in this chapter. So I just moved to a new house. I'm looking like 10 months ago and I'm actually moving out, trying to, I moving to, I'm moving to a new apartment. Not sure if I'm either buying or renting a new place, but it's because I have to move out again. Uh, I just started press cloud and well, this we're pivoting like really heavily right now. Um, I, at the same time, when I started Press Cloud and moved out of our old apartment, I uh, broke up my relationship. Um, and I'm really trying to and uh, give the, the whole creative writing uh, ambition more more substance. Uh, so making more time available in my agenda for that. So uh, it feels like change, but it also feels like a chapter where the things that used to be dreams or bit far away are becoming more uh, in reach I guess yeah that's yeah. amazing that's quite I think positive. that's a good uh, film title the change the change <laughs> <laughs> things are becoming more in reach yeah are yeah. becoming more in reach another chapter on uh, Michael Jordan maybe <laughs> Aaron <Yeah>. Merck <laughs> yeah. nice yeah. good film title okay and um, uh, if there is one thing uh, that you could share about yourself with the world what would it be yeah it's really in the same uh, kind of flow like change so the thing i really learned the last months maybe is that it's really necessary to let go so uh, in the old strategy of press cloud we really had a old-fashioned sales structure where we uh, wanted to onboard everyone from oh, a to c and it really was not scalable or efficient so uh, it's not. It's sometimes it's just right to let go of one one direction, and it could be that you you are running really fast, but it might be in the wrong right wrong direction. So that's that's okay. Um, and also the thing I figured out is uh, whether it's pursuing your dreams or finding finding a new company or freelancing, everything comes with a cost. So I thought I first read about this in the Soul Arts. Of not giving a fuck was like there's every dream comes with a problem as well warren buffett has problems as well bill gates has problems as well there's there's everything so you have to be aware of that um and still uh, and therefore you can choose what kind of problems do i 
fancy or favor. So if you want to write creatively, you either have to choose, well, I have to do a lot of promotion for my content or accept that I don't have readers. So it's one <laughs> or two of those options. And uh, if you want to have more readers, well, then you have to accept that you have to be really active on social media. And well, so that might be a problem or not, but everything comes with a cost and that's okay. So there's no um, situation without uh, those challenges. So I guess. you can do something about it. It's like identifying it and then do something about it or let it go. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> shut, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't complain or do something about it. Yeah, it's only a problem if you can solve it. Yeah. So uh, you are talking about challenges. Um, so what are your current challenges? Um, so something that I really would like is a more structured approach of our data. Uh, so in the most ideal situation, we would know uh, if someone's either finding about, learning about PressCloud via, let's say, LinkedIn or uh, Emers, and in what time he or she will convert to a user or a paying user, what is or her customer lifetime value would be. Mm-hmm. So our sales would be more uh, uh, more easy to predict, more predictable. Um, so that's that's something I'm really curious about. Well, how does this work? This more structured data flow. Uh, so if you're listening and know the answer to this. Feel yeah, free to reach out because this really is, I studied Dutch language and literature. This is as far as way as my, as my expertise as is biochemistry, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, that's a good, uh, good one to um, put it out, put yeah. it out there. So if you're, uh, if you have some knowledge on that or you want to chat about that with uh, Aaron, then please reach out. As we said uh, previously, you already gave a session on PR uh, for Kula members. Yeah, I could share the the most made mistakes, the most commonly made mistakes that might be like a more listicle type of uh, talking about PR. Yeah, that's a good one. Basically, PR comes down to uh, three steps. Uh, It comes down to uh, determining uh, what's your news story. Uh, It comes down to, well, writing this content. And well, the third phase is how are you going to distribute this content? Uh, with journalists so uh, the first step would be to well keep in mind that you're not writing commercial content it has to be newsworthy Um, therefore always try to place yourself in the perspective of a journalist or the readers of a certain magazine of course you want to be featured in NOS for now or BBC or Al Jazeera everyone wants Uh, however you still have to keep in mind whether this story might be relevant uh, for everyone that's reading or uh, watching this uh, this outlet um, so that will be the, the first step uh, the second step will be well making this content and if you're uh, writing a press release for instance uh, always uh, t- try to well focus on a, on a problem you're solving um, usually when I write a press release I put a, a problem in the, the headline of the press release because that well usually generates attention from a journalist and most of the time they tend to copy it one-on-one on their outlets because if you see a, a problem coming up in your Twitter or LinkedIn timeline, you well, tend to click on that link 
so basically you're giving them clicks. Why is that? Because people can identify themselves? or uh, Because that really, well, a problem is something that's, uh, that, well, that, that creates urgency. So, mm-hmm. oh, what's going on? There must be, just, just think about everyone that's, when there's an accident on the highway, just think mm-hmm. about everyone that's stopping and watching the traffic jams that accidents actually generate, yeah. not because there's one lane not accessible, but because people are watching. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why. It's just how it people's just brains are wired. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, but also practical content. That's something I found out in the most recent years, uh, like five steps on how to make a great podcast or seven ways to grow your company. If you're able to make really niche content that's practical mm-hmm. uh, and you can share it with those trade media, uh, that is also... Do you, do you have a certain number that works best? <laughs> uh, nah, somewhere between three and eight, maybe. Okay. I would say Depending maybe. how much content. <laughs> <laughs> how much tips you really have. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so that, that's also one type of content that's not so much per se newsy, but it's, it's something that's practical and useful for that audience. Um, and well, something that really uh, people that try to do PR on their own without an agency, uh, they sometimes tend to forget that journalists actually are a lot like people. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's figures. And um, so they uh, are really pushy and demanding. Well, actually, uh, reaching out to a journalist, like building up a relationship with a journalist, I try to compare it with dating with a diva. Uh, <laughs> your uh, relationship is complete, uh, not equal. Uh, you're completely dependent on well, the wishes of a journalist. So an, an editor can write about everything he or she wants, but you want him to write about you or your company. So therefore, this relationship uh, is not equal and you have to be patience not so pushy and well just be respectful and not give them a call every other day so that's that's basically if you're talking about pr 101 that will be my tips yeah is there also a thing like letting it go i mean there are there is a chance that you won't get featured and even though uh, i can imagine someone is in their own world and like it's their startup and it's constantly on their mind but yeah, for other people, it might not be relevant. And so when you try to get publicity, yeah, just keeping it in mind, basically, that, that sometimes just people, other people are not that interested or um, it might be better to go commercial, get paid or something like, yeah. or get yeah. paid, but pay for um, paid advertising space. Yeah. Or. That might be a solution. But also, so funny thing is when I launched Press Cloud, our first press release, actually didn't cut pick up because the headline I, I, I used for this press release was so, too much about our solution. So um, I pivoted the message a bit. So I wrote a new headline. Uh, so our first press release was about uh, marketers and entrepreneurs are lacking the tools for PR, which is really commercial. Looking back on this message, not so newsworthy. But I was <laughs> too much focused on my own uh, uh, business yeah so I finally understood the challenge of founders themselves uh, then I pivoted the message to uh, press cloud wants to make PR agencies redundant like, boom here we are Moses of uh, uh, Goliath and David, David and Goliath, yeah, Goliath. Um, 
So that's really a different story, much more about uh, this this uh, clash um, and our ambition. And well, it's really spicy. Uh, and then we got picked up by a lot of media. But so it's okay to pivot your mes uh, message a bit, wait a month or so uh, to give it another shot. So that's that's something that's really uh, not something to be ashamed of. Yeah, and I guess you already picked a great timing to uh, make those agencies out of business because they are already going out of business now during Corona. That's so harsh. Uh, well, they can all uh, all become content writers and there's always a lack of content and uh, people that can write great content. So yeah. uh, I think every market profits from a challenger and... Uh, I think a lot of agencies can still add value by hosting events or uh, well, just uh, uh, offering the complete PR solution. But I would say that you're still able to buy an expensive couch, but you could also go to IKEA and fix a couch yourself. And that's the, that's the niche we're trying to make. Yeah. yeah, so it's more like the IKEA for PR. Oh, that's a great headline. Ah, okay, interesting. <laughs> it's almost like I came up with it myself. <laughs> <laughs> you should be in PR. <laughs> just, um, just keep them coming. What is something that um, is currently happening in society that uh, you feel that um, PR could be a great opportunity or a missed opportunity and, and how, how do brands and go about that yeah so first a lot of brands try to leverage the lockdown or the corona crisis mm -hmm. uh, now of course the black lives matter discussion is uh, all all over the news and uh, you see that a lot of brands try to um, well participate in this discussion however i think consumers are more critical than ever in this matter so, for instance, uh, Tony Chocoloni, the, the chocolate uh, brand uh, that offers uh, slavery chocolate, um, they will be a relevant a participant in this discussion. However, they leverage the momentum too obvious. So they uh, did some gravity on the Bird van Berlage, uh, spraying Black Lives Matter and added just a chocolate bar of Tony Chocoloni. And their current CEO did that uh, graffiti and got arrested actually, making quite some headlines. Um, however, just writing Black Lives Matter and editing your chocolate bar, that's a bit commercial. That's really just leveraging this momentum and this movement in sake of commercial purposes. So um, it has to be something that's part of your DNA. Uh, so for instance, Nike uh, that already sponsored Kaepernick and uh, well, as a really inclusive message the last years, I, I would say that they are such a relevant participant in this discussion. Um, uh, um, in, in, well, a more local brand would be Happy Good Talks. Uh, they enable people to well, uh, speak on stage with more self-confidence and already had a view that there should be more perspectives on stage, so not just uh, elderly white men but everyone um, and well being an inclusive brand they just said well we we want to talk about this please reach out let's get the conversation started and being really open but already being an inclusive brand in your DNA and being a part of this this discussion well then 
it's it's super relevant uh, to to participate in this discussion. But well, if if you're just trying to leverage it solely of out of commercial purposes, people will know and they uh, it will backfire, I guess, as it did with Tony's because uh, they're actually their actual founder Ten van der Keuken wrote uh, an angry post on Twitter saying, well, uh, I'm really ashamed to be part of this brand. So yeah, that's that's kind of a backlash. Yeah, yeah there needs to be an action as well to actually change something. And I, well, I used to work in advertising and worked with Amy, podcast numero uno. Um, but uh, yeah, so I know all about it. Like as a brand, you actually have some some authority or like, yeah, you have you have a stage, you have the money, uh, you can communicate things, and you can make a change as a brand. Uh, so it is almost a missed opportunity, and also a bit offensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's you're you're diminishing actually the work of people that want to tr- change society, and you're well taking the stage with a message that isn't contributing anyway. So yeah, and 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 I also think. Um, well, I didn't dive into the topic, but I mean, just saying that and knowing the the vision of Tony Chocoloni and like knowing what they stand for, it, like they could relate to it, you know, it, they can make a bridge between slavery, chocolate and, and the Black Lives Matter movement totally. Yeah, they, they can really do something. Um, yeah. There is a missed opportunity, I guess. Yeah, this was to just give. So usually, being advertising, you would notice like a lot of creatives say, uh, "Well, your first thought usually isn't the the best thought. Just overthink something or try to ping pong the idea a couple of times." And this feels like they're taking the first uh, uh, left, so to say, yeah. and not thinking about a real roadmap there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, true, because it's just like a one-off yeah. thing, like, hey, let's do this, but it's not part of their bigger strategy, probably. Yeah. Um, so, could, yeah, that could be the case. So, if you, um, if you write um, an article for a brand or as a, as a freelancer, do you um, let other people check it? And, like, how, how many people do you show your work before it goes out? Yeah, so there's usually always a, a check-up with the client. Uh, and uh, sometimes I uh, that's so that's also like a really a process that's that's quite interesting. So I try to defend the, the journalistic perspective, mm-hmm. uh, and the client wants to well tell the world that they actually have the best solution. So it's <laughs> always like pulling out other sides of a rope, basically. Yeah. Um, but well, and it really can make the the product better. Um, and well, as a freelancer, you're al- always dependent on the knowledge of the company you work for. Um, so yeah, that that's really you can't do with without each other, I guess. Uh, and I think therefore it's really great that a lot of companies are taking PR in house again because well, they know what's newsworthy or what's interesting in their field. So yeah, that's a, that's a big trend I see also in in well the field of marketing and PR that I. People are taking lots more work in house again. Yeah. But that can also be a bit risky because you can lose that lens of 
uh, the outsider perspective. Outsider perspective, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That 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 is the added value of a, a PR agency or a PR freelancer. Um, however, uh, this could also be something that you can learn. Like just. Uh, it takes some empathy, I guess, to place yourself into the shoes of a journalist or a reader or the audience. And that's not something only a PR consultant could do. It's not like they're born with a gift. It's not. So, yeah. So, so, um, working in PR and maybe also being an entrepreneur, what uh, characteristics are good for that? Uh, What's for PR? (laughs) uh, For PR, uh, people have to be uh interested and they have to be curious they have to be optimistic opportunistic um, they have to be open they have to romant- rom- romantic a bit they have to see a story where there might actually not be a story at all but they have to well see the like a writer seeing a, of like a columnist seeing a story whenever he's having coffee in a bar and picking up a conversation having a great idea for a column that's you have to see the beauty in every story, I guess. So that's 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 some one some of the characteristics, I guess. And the same goes a bit for an entrepreneur, I guess. You have to be mm-hmm. opportunistic, opportunistic, curious, uh, but. Um, so then, for you, making that switch wasn't that even that weird. Mm, well, I think being an entrepreneur, you have to be much more flexible and able to let go of assumptions well PR is more a trait Mm -hmm. like um, if you do this that will happen most of the times being an entrepreneur uh, it mostly is we're going to look if this will work and if it's not working we have to do this and if that won't work we're going to do that and it's really about being flexible Uh, so it's really I found out that I really have an outdated mindset for being an entrepreneur in the digital age, so writing about innovation and technology and startups for quite some time, I figured that I actually have like an old business model kind of mindset, and I really, well, that was a big reality check uh, that I had. In, last in week. what in what ways? I I really thought that sales was all about making an offer, reaching out, sending a quotation, following up. Well. Things have changed because of the internet. You just go online, mm-hmm. visit the web website, gather information, and if you're uh, wanting to buy a product, you just go online again and buy that product on a website. So uh, the the whole process, how I viewed it and thought of it, was really old school, because that is what an agency, uh, how an agency works like. And as a freelancer, I of course did kind of the same. So I really had a fixed mindset and that was kind of, yeah, actually quite uh, refreshing. But, uh, how, how did you discover uh, that you had that outdated mindset? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. So we actually had a discussion. <laughs> Please tell. <laughs> so we actually had a discussion with the team and I said, well, we have to do it this way because this is how the PR market works. And I said, no, we are an online business. We have to do it like this. I'm like, nah, that won't work well, let's get a sales coach because we're not growing as fast as I would, would like to. And then we ended up doing this session with this uh, Hanukkah Vogels from Strives, which I can highly recommend because she really helped us. Well, with this insight, at, at least, well, she helped me. The others already had that <laughs> <laughs> mindset. Um, but they are younger, right? 
Nou, we're <laughs> quite some age. Um, I'm only 30. And uh, yeah, um, so she, she showed me the, the, the strategy, like you're building on an outdated strategy. And uh, like in a session of two hours, mind was blown. Ah, cool. Yeah, so that's... Um, so getting external advice is a good one. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. I guess so, yeah. Sometimes you need it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's 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 uh, so the the biggest lesson in that session was uh, it's okay to once in a while just shut up and listen and learn and uh, not rely on your uh, never-ending confidence of or knowledge that you think you have on a circuit market. Yeah, so how well, brave to go out of your comfort zone in that sense. Yeah, really humbling, I guess. Yeah, so yeah, that was. Uh, and for missing it here on on this podcast as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So you became a Kula member a year and a half ago, if I'm correct. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what has it done for you? Like, how have you experienced it? Yeah. So I really like the um, community of of like-minded and ambitious people and. Uh, the thing I like, the thing I like most is, I guess, the, um, the, 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 a lot of events or uh, networks you join are a bit um, fake about their purpose. And while it's so clear that people come to Kula to either help other people or because they're searching for something, so it becomes so much more practical. And uh, I, I'm. Um, it might be because uh, I'm a man, because well, when I hear someone talking about a problem, I tend to go to the solution and uh, maybe skip empathy too much. But well, that might be another discussion. But that that's really uh, a setup of Kula that's really uh, useful because it, bec- it it therefore it becomes really practical and uh, uh, so that's that's one of the things I really enjoy and well. Uh, meeting people that are either in your field of work or outside and can inspire you or uh, set up new projects so actually I did a podcast with Titus uh, for a big campaign against uh, damage from uh, house music during uh, Amsterdam dance events and we we launched that podcast for uh, uh, a big organization and ended up uh, reaching the NOS uh, new stories with that podcast uh, and we uh, met each other through Kula so that was a super cool project uh, a, a recording podcast in the, the Amsterdam Tower with uh, DJs and uh, well think about the whole uh, strategy behind it and the result was pretty okay so yeah that, that those kind of collaborations uh, well you can you can't only find them in your co-office or co-working place or but also in places like this so that's yeah really useful i guess and really inspiring yeah, yeah. and also with the uh, caveman yeah yeah so uh, yeah i uh, he wrote a book about what is water helping people in well either difficult uh circumstances or just people with ambitions and trying to understand the, the 21st century and he actually uh, is giving the book away for free, which is really inspiring. And uh, well, I thought it's, this is such a, a useful and inspiring and cool project. Why not just uh, help each other out? And 
I really enjoy this book. There's not a word too much in it. Uh, great work. And um, yeah, uh, it's nice to, well, uh, help him reach more potential readers with a, with a PR campaign. So yeah, but um, yeah. And then yeah. you've also done for the Thais workers. You've helped them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So once in a while, I tend to pick up charity projects maybe. So well, well, either it's it's like a charity project, like for the Thais workers being a, a startup launched during Corona when some guys ended up without a job or projects and uh, that's that's really inspiring. So if I can help with just writing a press release or giving some tips, uh, I used to do it a lot because well, that's that's something that uh, really helps people uh, get forward. And uh, I'm still open to well, if you have a question on PR, I, I'm really open to well, uh, jump on a call or whatever. Uh, but I'm, I'm well, my co-founders really get angry if I write another press release for free because. Uh, we're trying to build a brand on, on Freshcloud, but uh, if you don't tell them too much, I can uh, think a bit yeah. along uh, in the PR strategy, uh, so to say. But, uh, I remember, yeah. I remember when we first met, and I, and I remember, I can recall a, a conversation, and I said, "Oh, but if you're a freelance uh, PR consultant, and then Kula is also a great opportunity. Maybe you can get some clients through it, or." etc and um, you were like no I'm actually fully booked like I don't really need clients at the moment <laughs> and and uh, I was like okay interesting <laughs> uh, but it was funny that you were like no no I just like meeting new people you never know where where it ends up and what which collaborations and uh, yeah I liked the mindset thanks yeah so that really was a hard start of joining a network club because People reach that like, hey, you're the new PR guy. I'm like, yeah, so uh, about that. <laughs> um, no, your need was to meet uh, Yari Litman. <laughs> yeah, that was my need. So yeah, during the first dinner, everyone expressed their needs and I wanted to meet Yari Litman, which I still want. So if you're close to Yari Litman and listening to this podcast, I'm still up for that, <laughs> of course. Still hasn't happened. No, still hasn't We're happened. We're a year and a half in. Well, yeah. who knows? Chase your dreams. It's not my biggest dream, maybe. Not. But no, what's, what is your biggest dream then? Publishing some books, maybe. Uh, and, well, making Press Cloud a success, I guess. Yeah. But I, that's really, well, publishing a book. Uh, the first step will be to write a book. And mm. then, well, <laughs> there's not so much anyone can do about that besides me, I guess. So... Yeah. Well, or other people holding you accountable and saying, Aaron, when is your book going live? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that helps. Or maybe you need the int- intrinsic motivation. Yeah, I just have to, external. yeah, maybe find more time in my agenda or, yeah, time management maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, well, looking at your future, uh, do, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're looking at your future. What do you want a newspaper to write in a headline about you? Wow, that's a great question. Yeah, well, I actually stole it from Esther. Yeah? Yeah, she came up, Esther Zeitrecht op. Okay. She came up with this great question. That's a great question. Um, I would like to be remembered as the guy that made PR more accessible with PressCloud. So that's, that's the first thing to really democratize that business or uh, 
um, make an impact on that industry and I will be I would like to be remembered of the things I wrote so maybe a poetry bundle or some short stories or something like that nice and which publications this like where which news outlet uh al jazeera bbc Dream big. Yeah. cnn oh uh, yeah uh, a little bit of um if, if fox news d- doesn't like me in this story that's all right yeah something yeah. like that yeah yeah russian today <laughs> good what uh, are some things that you would want to chat with other kulas about? Yeah, maybe actually also time management could be something that I'm struggling with a little bit. And besides that, of course, uh, fixing the data sort sort of uh, dashboard of, of uh, data and how you can manage that super professionally. That will be uh, one of my nerdy demands, um, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and thanks for having me by the way yeah thank you so much for being on this podcast and um, I think it was uh, entertaining to, to uh, entertaining and fun and in- insightful interesting um, and uh, well I feel like we all got to know you a bit better and also what you do and uh, thank you for being so honest about uh, your, your outdated view on business <laughs> and uh, other vulnerabilities yeah of course All right. Thank you so much.